This podcast is supported by Americans for Medical Progress and was founded and created through the Michael D. Hare Fellowship, awarded annually to support projects that inform and educate the public about the critical role of animal research in furthering medical progress. The fellowship honors the late Dr. Michael Hare, a renowned board-certified laboratory animal veterinarian who dedicated his career to scientific and medical advancements and who was deeply committed to animal welfare and advocacy. Hey, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of our News Bite episode edition number, what are we at? Six? Four? Five? I think we decided last time it doesn't matter what number we're at. Another right. one. We're at just another this one. month's news bite. <laughs> and sometimes we might do two in a month. I mean, I, I don't know. We already released one for this month. I don't know when this one's going to get put out. But um, anyways, if you haven't already checked out our episode number 21 of our interview series that we do with Live Brad Chat, where we talk with scientists and veterinarians, definitely go check that out. May is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. And we interviewed a husband and wife duo, Rebecca and Cody. Rebecca is a live animal vet and her husband, Cody, is living with cystic fibrosis and this offers a cool dynamic and they give a lot of cool information, good information about cystic fibrosis and how animal research has really pushed uh, pushed the envelope. Is that, is that the term for that? Push mm-hmm. the envelope? Or no, is I it think, I don't think push that's right. the Push the spread? What? Push, I don't know. It has advanced. That's a betting, that's a betting term. It's ad, it's advanced the medical yeah. technology think, and the science behind what we know of cystic fibrosis. Yeah, pushing so the envelope that? is like pushing your limits. I don't know. Well, that's kind of what we're, we are pushing our limits on what we know. But we're succeeding at it instead of failing. I don't know. Right. It's it's I all good. I don't think it has to do with success or failure. Okay. Well, I think on this episode we're going to run into a lot of words that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we have established that. Um, and you'll experience that throughout the episode. So just bear with us as we try to pronounce things. Um, but so as we do with every news bite episode, we'll give you a little overview of what we want to talk about. What we're planning on talking about. So that way you can decide early if you just want to turn it off and don't listen to the whole thing, but, um, hopefully you stick with us. So what I'm going to talk about, I'm sticking with a pig focus this, this month and there's, New development of humanized pigs out of Iowa State University. And so I'm going to talk about that development and how they've been working on that animal model. And then I'm also going to talk about a new development for a vaccine. I know you hear vaccine, you're going to think COVID, but no, African swine fever. But you're like, what is that? Well, I'll tell you about what African swine fever and why it's important that we prevent it here in the US. And then you've got a couple uh yeah. couple of stories, right? Good luck. So <laughs> um again, not sure when this will air, but Friday, May 14th, um Understanding Animal Research is celebrating the Concordat on openness <laughs> on openness on animal research. It's the UK's seventh anniversary of this event. And this week they've been highlighting mice in research. So I have a a story about mice and research, and it also kind of lines up with the fact that May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, so it ties in animal research and mental health. And then I'm also going to talk quickly about Transparency Thursday, which also happens over in the EU. Apparently, I don't have any US-based stories today, but um, just something cool that they do and and I hope I said concordat correctly because Jeff and I, I were debating. I, I can't back you up on whether yeah. you are or not. And Google doesn't offer a very good pronunciation either. No, and it's I Googled con- what... Con- <laughs> concordat. 
Concordat. Concordat. I don't really know either. Concordat just seems like we're just enunciating way too much. Like it's yeah. got to just be like conquered it. Con- like you conquered Con- it. Conquered it. That's so <laughs> But if you People, look at the definition, it really didn't help because it, the the dictionary says it's an agreement or treaty, especially one between the Vatican and a secular government relating to matters of mutual interest. I don't really understand. think. I don't think this has anything to do with the Vatican, but we'll get into it. So, Jeff, I'll let you, you tell know. a big story. I would like to know if they did. I mean, if they had to get like the Pope involved in establishing this. I, I don't know. Sh- I, I should have looked I, into that. They're probably all like hanging their heads in shame if they're listening to this episode. Yeah. At our inability to understand. But, I mean, everyone here in the U.S., I'll say 98% of us don't know what a con- concord ad is. okay well we'll we'll get to that later but i'll let you start out with a pig story we'll start with something we can talk about all right yeah so this first one is about humanized pigs which sounds like a science fiction type thing but in the world of lab animal research biomedical research humanized mice is something that has been around for decades and that it's very familiar people know about in the field um and what it means is that i mean they're not they don't look like humans you know they don't have like human arms or legs or something on a mice it's just the mice are pigs are the, well i'm just oh. know, i'm giving the mice example okay 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 so they're just their immune system and their cellular nature re- represents humans so that you can study the immune system you can study cancer and things like that um that humans get in mice so they're able to like accept human tumor cells and stuff like that and grow a tumor. So that way you can treat, you know, a human tumor in a mouse instead of treating mouse tumors and then trying to translate that into humans. So um, what this group out of university or of Iowa State University, I don't want to call them University of Iowa, um, has now developed a SCID model, which is the severe combined immunodeficiency, which is the same thing as the humanized mice. There's SCID models, S-C-I-D. And... Everyone, my analogy for this to everybody, if they don't know what that is, is the movie, like the Bubble Boy movie. Did you ever see that movie? I did not. You know, but you know I, what I'm talking about, though. But wasn't that also in a Seinfeld like, episode? The Bubble Boy? Probably. I mean, I feel, I, I feel like I, I failed as someone who's in oh. their 30s and not watching all of Seinfeld. That's some, yeah, Seinfeld definitely yeah, had a Bubble I was, Boy. I was deprived, I guess. So if but, you didn't uh, see the movie and you know about Seinfeld, now you know. Yeah, I guess between the movie and Seinfeld, if you don't know what Bubble Boy is, then it's, I mean, that's not our problem. Yeah. So hopefully you can figure that out. But that movie was like in the 70s, I think. So it was a while ago. But I remember, I think they made a remake in like the 90s. So anyways, the, the Bubble Boy, he has basically no immune systems. So you have to stay inside this bubble because anything and everything will kill you. And so that's kind of what these skid pigs are like. And they have human immune cells, um, but they're very, you know, they their ability to fight off infections and stuff is is limited. So they live in these bubble containment type situations. I mean, they're really awesome, really high tech and well taken care of. They're checked, you know, just like all the other animals in the lab um, multiple times a day. And they're probably even more well cared for because the environment has to be so clean, so free of any contaminants. You know, the 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 pressure to the room is all positive, so it's blowing everything out, so that you know we're not sucking in bad air in quotes from the hallway into the room. So that's protecting the animals and all of that. So what we can do here is the the pigs may be a better model for certain things than the mice, 
um, for studying certain human tumors. I mean, we already use them to study skin grafts. They might be able to do that better um, without rejection of, you know, of skin transplants and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. They've been working since 2011 or 2012. And I think it's in collaboration with Kansas State University as well um, to get this to get this developed. So it's not something that they did overnight and they worked a long time and they can take the immunocompromised pig. They transfer like human immune stem cells into the livers of developing piglets. So while they're still in utero, while they're still, you know, in the mama pig's belly, if you will. (laughs) And, uh, and so then those immune cells develop within the liver and they continue to produce human immune cells once they're born and they're little piglets and then they can use the, let them grow up and do their research that can help both veterinary veterinarians treat their patients and medical human doctors treat, treat us, you know? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Should we, can I skip to one of my stories now before you get into your swine fever? I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Go All ahead. right. We'll, we'll flip flop here. Um, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to highlight the seventh anniversary of the Concordat on openness. <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. I'm sorry. Um, on the openness <laughs> on animal research over in the UK. And like I said, this week, uh, May 10th through the 14th, they're highlighting mice in research. And I found this interesting article that they posted. Um, and it has to do with researching new antidepressants in mice using uh, like a swimming model. They kind of go for little swims in a little tank. And what they found is, because you can't really, there's no obvious reason of what causes depression in people. It's not necessarily obviously linked to a gene or anything like that. So researching antidepressants is a very difficult process because there's just not enough answers out there, I guess is the best way to sort of go over that quickly. But what they found is with these mice and rats, um, if you put a normal, I don't don't want to say normal, a mouse that has not been on antidepressants into a small tank of water to swim around, they find that the amount of time that they spend swimming um, is shorter. They eventually just uh, take on like a, where did the thing go they take on like a floating posture to just sort of like wait it out because they realize there's no way out of this tank but the mice or rats that are given these drugs that would be hopefully you know a new antidepressant drug or something they find that these rodents swim for longer and don't give up and keep searching for a way out sometimes two to three times the amount of time of a non-treated rodent um so that doesn't really tell us much right there, but they're saying is that this has consistently been a test when they have a new drug that they want to look at for treating depression. If those mice and rats do swim for longer, it's a promising sign. It's obviously not a hard and fast test. It's not a... So the depressed mice without antidepressants are just giving up on the swimming. They they tend to kind of give up quicker, yeah. And it's not that they, they don't drown. I don't want to make this sound like... They, right. they yeah, just kind of go clear. buoyant. Yeah. They go buoyant and just kind of float. Right. And they're being monitored. It's not like and they're, they're rescued. Yeah, yeah. And they're taken out of the water. Yeah. They're not just left there. Right. <laughs> um, but it's it's a it's one readout. It's not a the only test. But it if they find that a drug does not extend the amount of time that the mice are searching for a way out of the swimming pool, it's basically a quick way of saying this drug is not going to work as an antidepressant. So 
just a way to kind of round in using mice in research and mental health awareness and how animal research does still impact things that, um, yes, there are treatments for depression on the market, but people are still looking for even better treatments because no, no one, no one treatment works perfectly for all people because this, the depression is not really a well figured out, um, condition yet you know there's still so many variables to that so it's kind of exciting to know that the research is still going on and that they have these preliminary tests that show whether or not a new compound might be a good fit so yeah yeah and i mean mice are used for all sorts of research depression being one of them and it's a big one and so i mean even just anything about the about the brain and and hormones and endocrinology i feel like we have a a much better understanding of it than we used to, but we have such a long ways to go. And that's where, you know, animals are still critical for furthering our, our knowledge and what we know about it in order to help treat people suffering from it. And I mean, they're used in, like I was saying, they're used in all sorts of areas of research. They have another table. Honestly, just go follow them on, on Twitter if you want, or Instagram. I don't know what their Instagram handle is, but I think they're just like at animal research on Twitter. And they have all these cool, infographics and posters and stuff like that they put up. I mean, they've been involved in numerous Nobel prizes mice have over the years. Um, I mean, like too many to list. It would take the rest of the show. The <laughs> research areas are literally everywhere from AIDS to malaria to flu, stroke, spinal cord injury, cardiac arrest, tuberculosis, Down syndrome, deafness, you know, everything. So yeah, the my the mice... You know, it's like 98, the mice and rats are like 98% of all animals used in research. And they, they, people say they don't translate, but they definitely do. We've made lots of progress. So, yeah. Um, so with that, should I move on yeah, to you, you get into, African swine fever? Yes. So please. African swine fever, um, it's not a disease that affects humans. So that's great. But it does severely, um, impact the, the pork industry and not just pork industry. I mean, feral swine, wild swine, um, everywhere. And we have not had a case in the United States. Thankfully, um, USDA spends probably billions of dollars every year, keeping it out of the United States. Um, and, but there are outbreaks in China and Asia and in Europe, and it severely impacts the ability to trade and for the, these countries to to sell pork and to slaughter and to provide meats to, um, you know, whether they're importing it, whether they're exporting it or providing it locally. But, um, again, it's more of a, it doesn't affect humans. You could eat the meat. It's just kind of the, you're like, Oh, that African swine fever had to be slaughtered. I can probably don't want to eat it. Mm. Although you probably probably be fine. So, but what it does is really, it would crush the pork industry if we were to get it here, especially if we were to get a large outbreak of it here in the U S um, it's nearly a hundred percent fatal. And so it's caused billions and billions of dollars of loss of swine in other countries. And there's no vaccine until hopefully maybe now um, they have the, the Perbright Institute, which do you know where that is? No, I have no idea. Herbright Institute. I think they're on the, you know, the lab animal tour thing we just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you can? Let me just make sure before I tell everybody the wrong thing. 
behind this. I'm not even going to edit this out. Everyone can get a behind the scenes look here. Uh, live, live action of, of us figuring something out. Yeah. If my internet would work. But I believe they're on the liveanimaltour.org. You can see inside their, their lab. And if you missed the last episode, we talked about that. Yes, they are on there. Okay. Um, and you can even see like where they have pigs and isolation units and stuff. It's pretty cool. And you can go in and virtually tour these animal research labs. So check that out, labanimaltour.org. And so that they developed this vaccine. It's 100% effective in preventing, you know, severe mortality and disease in pigs. So it's just kind of cool. And it's a way to finally combat this devastating swine disease, pork disease. And if, you know, if we all, we all care about our swine industry, obviously all the farmers out there, you know, I love bacon. <laughs> and you do too. I do. But, but importantly, I mean, it's, it's an animal welfare issue and we want to make sure that we, these pigs aren't devastated by this disease. So hopefully this vaccine goes somewhere. I mean, 100% of pigs immunized with the vaccine survived a lethal dose of African swine fever that was administered to them. So that's awesome. Very promising. I like it. Yeah. So that's all and, I've got with and that. And it, oh. oh, but I guess I should, I guess I should say there's, you know, to develop the vaccine, required an animal model initially i think now they're using like a viral vector they still have to test it obviously in these pigs for efficacy but i mean they use the animal model to develop it and i think to continue production they can use cell culture and uh, the viral vector model that they're going to do so it's pretty cool um, and to bounce off of your reminder about those virtual tours, um, another aspect of transparency that's going on, the European Animal Research Association, or their acronym ERA, they do a, um, a thing called Transparency Thursdays. And if you go to their Instagram page, E-A-R-A, I think, is that their Instagram handle? We'll have to look that up. Um I mean, I'll do it. I'll do that while you do. <laughs> so on Thursdays, they post, um, they highlight like a researcher from Europe and you can ask live questions. They do a Q&A video and they talk about their research. So it's just another aspect of being transparent in how animals are involved in different projects um, for this across Europe. I don't know if we can get something started in the US. That would be kind of cool. But for anyone out there who just really likes to kind of know what's going on around the world, Something to check out, Transparency Thursdays. Yeah, it's at the dot E-A-R-A. Okay. I don't know if you need the dot, but that's what it says. Yeah, so um, check out their Instagram page. And they also post the videos to their YouTube channel after the fact, so you can always go back and uh, watch them. They just, you know, aren't live. Yeah, and um, Brad, you know, Brad... Global Biomedical Research Awareness yes. Day. I don't want everyone to speak. Who's Brad? You know? <laughs> um, yeah, so Brad Global on Instagram. They do a cool Ask the Expert series too. Oh, they do. That's great. And so um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if that's a weekly thing as well. I haven't, honestly, I have my social media presence has been minimal. You've been doing most of that, <laughs> most of that for and, us. But they, and even uh, mine's been minimal. <laughs> yeah, but they do an Ask the Expert, Expert series, which answers a lot of questions. Re- you know, surrounding the world of animal research and use of animals and why they're needed. And they get different scientists and experts, you know, very on specific topics and they address, you know, why animals are critical to what they do and they're short and sweet little videos. So check out, um, I mean, what's their actual Instagram handle? I don't want to get it wrong. Is it just uh, at Brad, at Brad global? Brad, under? There might be, an, I, if you just, if on Instagram, if you type in Brad global, it'll find their page. 
<laughs> yeah, so just check out Grad Global on Instagram and follow them because they have she, uh, Logan posts all sorts of cool stuff. So yeah, more more cool stuff than we do for sure. Yeah, um, much more active. <laughs> I mean, but, we're we're doing pretty good. We have a lot going on in our lives. You know, you're in vet school. I'm, you know, yeah, busy. <laughs> Yeah, you got stuff going on. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, third year ended last week, and now fourth year started this week. So that was an awesome transition. And now you're just doing like clinical, yeah, like hands-on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fourth cool. year is just seventeen three-week rotations, basically. So I'm on the first one, which is a virtual thing. So I'm spending a lot of time in my basement down here doing a virtual externship. Which is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's the way things are right now. I think it's all coming back to normal pretty soon here. I think I'm the last virtual extern that they have when they're going back to in person. And <laughs> so you my, just missed it. <laughs> and then my block two, I'll be in person in, okay. anyways to where I'm going. So yeah, but uh, yeah, a lot of times sitting down here, it's I don't know. Are you learning a lot? Is. Yeah, good. I'm learning that um, I don't want to stare at Zoom ever again. You're learning a lot about your internet connectivity out in the country. <laughs> yeah, but no, they have a really good program. It's at UNC Chapel Hill. They have a really cool virtual program. It's not just something that they, they haphazardly put together. Lots of thought went into it. And I am, I mean, they keep me busy. So I think I've got protocols to review after this. I have like a case study I have to go figure out and provide some differentials and diagnostics for. And it's all kind of graded. And I have to present a journal tomorrow and do another presentation next week. And this so, is with this is with Dr. Steve Shipley, right? Who was actually yeah. our, our first guest on the show, I think. Yeah, first guest, episode two. Yeah. Um, I haven't come back and listened to that. No, I mean, I think I, I did will. originally. No. But I'm kind of scared to go back to our first episodes. We've we've come a long way. I hope we've come a long way. But uh yeah, I don't want to go back and just one of these days. Yeah. I'll have to do it. I'll have to be like a Friday night kind of thing and listen to it. <laughs> Friday night with a few beers. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I could re- maybe I could forget that I listened to it by the next day. Oh, that's funny. Right? Yeah. So, but anyways, um, that's all I've really got. Yep. That's, I don't know. That's our news for we'll this, to... this edition. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll have a live rat chat interview episode out. We released the May one, so do we, we go for one a month? So we'll shoot for. Um, I was gonna say April, <laughs> and my mind is. Uh... <laughs> I'm losing it, Danielle. I'm losing it. Shoot for June. Best month of the year. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you next time. (laughs) Bye. See ya.